0: I do want to point out regarding the charts. You know, at at the website now, if there's an, a note, if there's a chart accompanying any of the session notes, the chart will be attached to the session notes. But, and I want you to have the hard copies from this class, and I want you to have the final booklet of them, because they're probably printed better on better paper than many of us have capability at home. So I want you to have them, but I also wanna point out that just whenever a class is over, just as I compile all the session notes into one file for downloading, which is a pretty big deal when it comes to four years of 1 Corinthians. There were 170 sessions, I think, and to get a lot easier to have those in one file. I'll also do the same with all the charts so that when the class is over, there will be a one-file PDF that has all the charts in it. Why don't you throw up the chart? Adam, please, page one. There it is. Now, th- today, when I send out the notes to our who are on the mailing list, this PDF will be attached. It's a different PDF. It's a six-page PDF. You'll see in a moment why. Why? Uh, whereas next week it'll be just the one page. Everything you see in this chart is contained in the seventh seal of the previous chart. As for the text, the judgments of the seven trumpets begin in Revelation chapter 8, continue through chapter 9, are interrupted by chapter 10, and the first half of chapter 11 with two more parenthetical visions. Then they conclude with the sounding of the seventh trumpet in the second part of chapter 11. And just as with the transition from the seals to the trumpets, the seven bowls' judgments are contained in the seventh trumpet. On this first page, you can see that the colors of the trumpet icons reveal that just as with the seals, the first four are different from the others. The judgments of the first four trumpets are directed toward natural objects, what we would call natural objects. Vegetation, the sea, the sea and its creatures, rivers and springs, celestial objects. Whereas the fifth and sixth trumpet judgments are directed toward mankind. Perfectly hideous judgments against mankind. Yet, of course, in all of them, mankind suffers greatly and some will die. If all the rivers are turned bitter, some will die. Can we have page two, Adam, please? There we go. The first four trumpets do not crescendo in intensity or effect as the first four seals did. If you recall, the first four seals got worse and worse and worse, a little deeper, harder. Uh, that's not the case here. But they are directed at different portions of the natural world. So let me read from chapter 8, verse 7. The first sounded, and there came hail and fire, mixed with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Verses 8 to 9. The second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. Oh, by the way, that's tacked on the end. Verses 10 to 11. The third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of waters. The name of the star is called Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died from the waters because they were made bitter. Verse 12, the fourth angel sounded and a third of the sun and a third of the moon and a third of the stars were struck so that a third of them would be darkened and the day would not shine for a third of it, and the night in the same way. Then, like a narrator entering between the acts of a stage play, in John's vision, a speaking eagle flying overhead interrupts the sequence to announce the three woes that will befall those who dwell on the earth in the next three trumpets. Yes, Isla, eagle. The King James versions have angel instead of eagle. But the better original manuscripts, you'll find that aside from the New King James, all of our modern translations have eagle. Eagle. So he's there to announce the three woes coming up, which are the last three trumpets. And things are about to get much worse for the people on earth. Page three, please, Adam. Thank you. And truly bizarre. Verses, I'm just going to cue these a little bit. Verses nine, or chapter nine, verses one to 11. Then the fifth angel sounded. And I saw a star from heaven which had fallen to the earth, and the key to the bottomless pit was given to him. I'll not continue reading this passage, but it paints a scene that will be woe indeed. It's filled with obviously supernatural beasts of evil from out of the abyss, rampaging over the earth, tormenting human beings until they seek death. But they won't be allowed to die. No death will be permitted, only suffering. The next one, verses 13 to 21 of chapter 9. Then the sixth angel sounded. And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, one saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. Now death will come. The sixth trumpet unleashes another group of bizarre, evil, supernatural manifestations. Horses and riders who will kill one third of all mankind. This is one third after those killed other by other means. Or or these may be just John's way of describing modern modern machinery and weapons of war. Could go either way, stay tuned. Page four, Adam. Thank you. At the bottom of the sixth trumpet are two parenthetical visions. Chronologically, they occur between the sixth and seventh trumpets. But in Scripture, they seem to be associated with the sixth. So I've positioned them at the bottom of the second woe. Page five, please. looks like a tower, doesn't it? Looks okay. Traditionally, in other charts, the series of parenthetical visions I've positioned at the top of the seventh trumpet are placed at the midpoint of the tribulation at the three and a half year mark. As if set apart from either trumpet. All the older charts that I've worked from always show these three and a half years, three and a half years, and here's all these things in the middle between the trumpets and the bowls. Yet the seventh trumpet is sounded before these are introduced in the text. Revelation eleven fourteen. So I've placed them where I have within this series, but before the seven bowls of wrath. After the trumpet is sounded, but before we start working through the seven bowls of wrath. Either a separate chart or the chart for the bowls will detail these parentheses. The bowls of wrath are described in chapter 16 of Revelation, as we know from the message this morning. Now, finally, page six. Thank you, Adam. I'm done with you. Got I saying. Thank you. Finally, note that in the color coded footnotes for the first four trumpets, there are citations back to Exodus. These reveal the connection or similarity between the judgments of the first four trumpets and the plagues inflicted on Egypt prior to the exodus of Israel. And in our next session, we'll begin looking at this fascinating period of the tribulation with an examination of the first four trumpets. So, since Jason told me I would have about a half an hour and I have ten minutes left, don't trust an elder. Don't trust an elder uh, plenty of time if you have any questions about this chart. Can, oh, excuse me, Adam, I lied. Can you give us the whole chart back, please, page one? Thank you. Any thoughts or questions about the chart? This It's quite a lot going on. When you were speaking of the seventh tr- seventh trumpet, yeah. you mentioned that the parenthetical visions happened before, or sorry, just after the seventh trumpets, or the seventh trumpet, but before the seven bowls. Yeah. That's not exactly what I said. I didn't say they happened. I said in the text in Re- in Revelation, the seventh bowl, the seventh trumpet sounds, and then these are mentioned. So they don't, like before, like we've seen before, some point backwards, some point forwards, some point right then. It's a mixture. And the second parenthetical um, portion for the seventh trumpet, you, it's intentional that's included between the sixth and seventh bowl? Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah. Of course it's intentional. I just threw it. In. I just closed my eyes. And <laughs> Anything else? Yes, sir. Dave, what's the
1: significance of one third?
0: <laughs> you. T- <laughs> um, I frankly don't know what the significance is. Do you? Can you think of something? I, I, because from the beginning, isn't it, some of the seal judgments were one-third here, one-third. Some say that's one-third of the Mediterranean area. Like turning the water to blood. Some scholars say that, well, this is just the Mediterranean area. I don't know, it says on earth. God knows there's more to the earth than what they knew of in the first century. But I, I I don't know. It's it's, it's the way God has apportioned it out. Does anybody have any thoughts on that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Third. It's maybe it's just a measurement. You know, this much this time. Notice that the thirds back up. They kind of add up. You know, there's there's a third for. Ex- In the in the first in the seals, stars a third of the stars fell. The third of the you know and well, now we have them going dark. I don't have a very good answer for you. Sorry.
1: Well, numbers always have mystical significance, like the Godhead, but it seems like it's a third, a third, a third. You know, there's always a remnant. Yeah. And I was surprised with <clears throat> uh, when the sun goes a third dark, I always thought that was just dimming. You know, the smoke and less light mm. getting to the earth. And then it says a third of the day yeah. is missing its dark.
0: A third of the night is missing and dark for the moon. Back when we were in the seals... It seemed, it seemed to be explainable that what was going on around with the earthquakes and the hubbub and the smoke and this, ashes from the mountains moving, that that would darken the sky and would dim the sun. But like you say, this text doesn't really put it that way, does it? It says that for a third of the day, there won't be a sun. I mean, isn't... yeah. And a third of the sun and a third of the moon and a third of the stars were struck so that a third of them would be darkened and the day would not shine for a third of it. And the night in the same way. Now, before I spend a week studying that, I would say that sounds to me like for a third of the day, there won't be a sun for a third of the night, there won't be a moon. Yeah, he always leaves a, a there's always a remnant. But but when everything comes to a conclusion, when we get to the very end of this whole thing we call the eschaton, everything will be renewed. No longer a third there will be a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem. Now, depending on, some of us say, some scholars say, well, that means it's going to be renovated. It's going to be refreshed. Some say, no, it means it's going to be burned up and we have a brand new earth, brand new Jerusalem, brand new heavens. And remembering God's word, heaven's there's, the word heaven can be used to refer to the air we breathe, the clouds in the sky, the stars, the moon, and where God lives. I mean, it's all the way up. It's a broad term.
1: I'm nitpicking of a different issue. You would mentioned that maybe um, the reference to horses and riders was just an interpretation of modern warfare.
0: Some claim that.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I think you want to be careful stepping that direction just because there's no stopping. I, I have to interpret it literally. And so then I start tripping over, well, this wasn't translated well. Our modern versions now say angel. Angel. And so what if I was back a hundred years um, reading it differently?
0: you referring to the angel and the eagle? Yes. Does it really make any difference? Now I'm not, I, I, like I said, I'm, I haven't taught that yet, so I can't, I haven't looked into the actual etymology of the text. So I haven't compared the Greek text for the King James to the Greek text for, say, the NASB. But in this instance, the word is messenger. And yeah, you can, I, in this instance, it's not a matter of taking, I think those you just mentioned in one thing, Two different uh, apples and oranges, one is eagle or angel well it 's a messenger. God has sent a messenger to so it 's not really a critical issue whether it 's I, I favor the bird i 'd rather have birds than than angels, but uh, it doesn 't really make any difference but you 're right. you can start chasing your tail if you want to convert everything to modern terminology. And saying, well, he's really talking about tanks and 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 this and that, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, obviously it was a it was a nuclear explosion. Maybe it was, but uh, at some point, that's why. At this point, I'm leaving that up in the air. I'm not going to come down one way or the other, and maybe I won't ever because. As I pointed out, take any component of this and do an internet search, and you come up with fifty different interpretations i prefer I prefer the literal i consider it from a literal perspective first that 's my go to first i 'm going to if, if it 's talking about Horses with tails like scorpions breathing fire and brimstone from their mouths. That's what I first see and that's how I first interpret it. But when you get into the text, sometimes you start leaning the other way. But you have to, you point, your point is good. You have to be cautious about that. You can get into trouble doing that too. Thank you. Did I talk around it enough? <laughs> Anything else? Well, good. We used up the 10 minutes. What a deal. You're absolved. <laughs> Father, you in your word you have given us fantastical images The text is difficult. We will rely on your wisdom for understanding it. Help us in that regard. We want to get it right. We want to understand the truth of your word. We can only do that with your help and your counsel. That is our prayer. Amen.